0: Welcome to Future Proof, the marketing podcast from Saeed Business School, University of Oxford, and Kantar, the marketing insights and consulting company. In each episode, we'll have a frank discussion with industry experts to help brands and business leaders navigate the changing landscape of marketing and hopefully dispel some myths and
1: misconceptions along the way.
2: I'm Andrew Stephen, the L'Oreal Professor of Marketing and Associate Dean of Research at the Said Business School. Joining us, today's podcast is about a number of factors related to women in advertising uh, in in terms of the creative side of the business, how women are represented and how diversity is is represented more broadly also in advertising. And we're also going to touch on uh, a number of factors related to the role of humour in advertising and branding.
1: So our guest today is Lynn Parker, who is founder and CEO of Funny Women, which is the leading community in female comedy. Welcome, Lynn.
0: Uh, Very nice to be
1: here. Thank you. Last year, Kantar did a piece of research called Winning Over Women, which focused on financial services advertising, and it concluded that brands in financial services market were missing out on millions, if not billions of pounds, through neglecting women's messages in their advertising and not communicating to women properly about what they wanted to see and what they wanted to hear. In addition, we're running an event later this year, a Kantar event, uh, really focusing on how brands have empowered women in the past and how they can focus on that in the future. So Lynn, what do you think needs to be done with women in advertising? What are the issues?
0: I think a lot of brands are still putting women in the domestic role. They're still the cleaners, the childminders, the you know the the glorious sirens, you know, sitting on the sofa with a full meal and a bottle of wine waiting for him to come home. I mean, I'm still horrified that the amount of content that is like that out there. I am very involved with the world of of advertising and creative industries and have been working with uh, some very well known groups like She Says and Creative Equals and Young Creative Council to look at how we can change that because fundamentally they're not using women to make the ads that are there to promote the the products that are being sold to women. There's a very major campaign out at the moment featuring quite a well-known female voiceover, distinctive voice, and I asked the agency who had written her words. It's written by a man. Now I don't get that. I don't get that. I mean, number one, if you've got a female voiceover, surely you use a woman to write her script. I, I To me, it just seems obvious. I work in comedy. I, I work with women who own their own material. So what is going on in the world of advertising that you know, you're know you using the sort of well-known male creative to, to, to write a woman's voice? And it is. it does totally mirror the, the, the world I kind of entered rather horrifically, discovering that the world of comedy, when I thought, oh yeah, this will be fun, promoting a comedy club, uh, and went into it very naively thinking, you know, everyone's equal here, where are all the women? And there were never any women on the bill. This is going back, you know, 18, 19 years. There were, women were largely invisible on the comedy circuit, and it was a very much a boys club. And to a certain extent still is. It's still quite bad. There's still quite a lot of, you know, hidden abuse and things that go on that you would make your toes curl. And... I think there are big parallels with what I found What I found when I got involved with the comedy world. There, there are some big parallels now with the creative industries. So I'm on a bit of a mission to change it. I mean, you know, I don't have enough to do, clearly. <laughs> my background is PR, marketing, so it is my heartland. I did spend quite a lot, a long time of, you know, doing that before I went into comedy full time. Uh, I've had quite a long career as well, so, you know, I'm, I'm in my fourth decade of working. And it annoys me that the young women that I have set out to try and change things for are still battling some of the stuff that I was battling when I set off in my career. I don't want to, I don't want to be negative to to brands. I want brands to talk to, to us and to you. I want them to read your research. I want them to come and talk to me and all these amazing, brilliant, talented women that I spend my life with. Because if they did, they would they would see what they're missing. And I think you know they would be able to really change the face of how we market, not just to women, because I think you know men respond very well to ads that are, are empathetic to women as well, you know it, it, as it, as is proven we need a you know we need a world which is equal 50/50 always works best it works best on boards
1: and i think that's the same in
0: anything really
1: so what do you think that agencies need to start to do to to make some of these changes that you're proposing well we're
0: we're not hanging around we're just doing it for them so yeah mm-hmm. i'm i've uh, launched a new campaign called herarious uh, i have worked with a team of brilliant uh, creative women They've all come from all different stages uh, university leavers women returners, older women, who've all got different perspectives on how difficult it is for them to get into being a creative in an agency. And we've come up with this idea of a campaign and a series of events. And our very first event will be on Tuesday, the 9th of October. We are delighted that an agency uh, has agreed to host it, BBH, and it will be an evening event where there will be panel discussions, we'll have workshops around stand-up, improvisation, storytelling and body language all very key to the debate about advertising and going to actually have a lot of brilliant funny women in the room so there'll be no excuse for creatives not to interact with them so you know they'll be part of the workshops, they'll be there to chat to people. I'm hoping to have women that perform, women that write. We do run uh, awards so we have lots and lots of access to some great new talent and I'll make sure that is represented. And yeah, and we will of course end with a comedy gig. (laughs) Why wouldn't we? (laughs) Nothing better than showing people how funny women are than than putting them on stage and putting on a show,
2: which obviously I do all the time. So there's pretty convincing evidence uh, around diversity in terms of diverse teams perform better, Um, diverse teams can be more creative. And so we're talking about creativity here. We've done some research at Oxford a couple of years ago where we looked at the generation of creative ideas and, and, yeah, creativity uh, tends to work well when people are kind of taking the building blocks and piecing you know, things together and so diversity in those inputs matters and so presumably diversity in, in the people providing those inputs matters. So I think there is a big attempt within
0: the whole creative industries, advertising, marketing, there is a big attempt to, to change things and change does it change is often slow. My personal wish would be if you're going to make commercials with disabled people in it, people of colour, go and talk to those communities and find out how they really do talk to each other. Don't write an ad as a white middle class male and then give it to a a family made up of all different
1: ethnicities (laughs) So we did a piece of research last year which showed that the number one creative characteristic in an ad which made people feel more positive towards it was that it was funny or humorous. And actually this applied across all age groups, um, in particular um, more markedly so amongst younger people, centennials roughly, um, who particularly wanted humor in their advertising. So this is something that presumably you you support. I am not surprised at all. And um, I'd have done the research much more
0: cheaply for you. But, you know, (laughs) (laughs) because I could have told you that humor sells humor. People remember something that's funny and it it sells on a number of levels. The reason I think young people respond to it is because they are more open. They are less rigid in their way of thinking. So as people get older, they become more more set in their ways. So, you know, I know people in my age group who will not go back and watch new young comedy because they've never watched it. They'll sit and watch reruns of Dad's Army and (laughs) Porridge and, you know, that kind of thing. And I think the thing about humour is if you open yourself up to it and bear in mind... In, in my life, in my work, even though I'm dealing with all women, I'm seeing a hugely diverse range of comedy because the women that come through Funny Women are all different ages, so it's great, it's fantastic, and I'm very open to lots of different things. I also think if you look at the way brands advertise now, fast, fast format, short format, phones, tablets, you've got seconds you've got, you've only got a minute to make to make your mark so comedy is a you know a good responder because you can put a funny cat picture or a someone falling over on onto instagram or whatever and you you make your brand you know memorable and again if you look at the sort of the way people are using youtubers and instagrammers though it's it's quite male so our friends at um youtube did some research and in fact we did some work with them around female comedy and it's because largely the youtubers people that run channels are predominantly male and it's very much a gaming community it's it's gaming and and competitive And they felt, they came to us because they felt that humour would be the way to hook women in. So a lot of women come into that kind of thing through beauty, fashion, a little bit around food and diet, all the obvious things. But they felt that humour was the overlay that would increase more women in. Fashionistas will hate me for saying this, but fashion can be pretty funny. You know, just think Zoolander and you're off, you know. Um, But fashion is a very weird, funny industry and you have to laugh at it. Um, And so if you actually mix things like fashion and beauty with humour and food with humour and diet with humour, you're building up a really heady mix that people are going to remember. I think brands have got to learn not to take themselves so seriously. I think those brands are the ones that are going to gonna win because it's getting harder to get cut through.
2: When does humour not work, though? So if I'm a brand, I, I can imagine that there might be some more conservative brands out there that feel their humour is not for them. Are there some legitimate areas where humour is not appropriate in, oh, in yeah. marketing and advertising? Where it wouldn't you're, work? You
0: know, if you're putting over a serious message, um, you're not going to use humour. I mean, safety commercials and there's a really brilliant campaign by Barclays which is to counteract fraud and there's a scarily impressive woman who extracts numbers from the proposed um, supposed customer and shows you just how quickly it, it, it is easy easy to defraud somebody and you it's not funny as a commercial however halfway through it if you fall in you you start to laugh nervously <laughs> because <laughs> you think Ugh! you know that's the other thing people don't realize that sometimes laughter or humor is not necessarily laugh out loud it's kind of underground humor I wouldn't say that's a, an intrinsically funny ad but I think it does weirdly employ some elements of the comedy technique to, to put its message over so I think in that context it works clearly there are lots of things you 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 wouldn't joke about but uh, to be honest with you, I think a lot of life is pretty game for a bit of humour.
2: So Lynn, you, you just said something called the comedy technique, which I think is really fascinating. I, I don't know about comedy. So what does that mean? So are you saying that you could use comedy approaches or principles to still effectively communicate something that's serious without the laugh out loud
0: funny? Absolutely. Yeah. How's that work? Yeah. I mean, the thing about writing or writing comedy, there is a way of building tension. So when you build tension, there's the fall-off point, And it's when you fall off and you realise what the message is, that you are relieved, possibly, or you might think, oh, I get it, ah, ha, ha. You know, it's that kind of thing. So you, you, That's why I call it the fall-off point. So you might fall off and get it, but you might fall off and laugh. So if you take the Barclays commercial, the, the fall-off point is when you, you realise what she's doing, when you realise she's defrauding you. And so you laugh, possibly, I did, because I just, ah, oh! oh, I get it, you know. And I did think, and actually you sometimes do laugh at things when you like them, and it's like a, it's like a sort of an acceptance of an idea.
1: Um, There's a lot of talk at the Cannes Advertising Festival this year about brands and brands having purpose. And uh, what you normally associate that with is something that's fairly serious or has sort of a social purpose or an economic purpose or something that's going to make the world a better place. And some of the depictions of that were actually um, what's called sadvertising. So basically things that make you cry. Do you think that all ads have the potential to be funny or humorous? You need to build
0: people's emotions so that you can affect them. So in uh, stand-up comedy, you get quite a lot of really great uh, comedians who tell quite long stories and they take you down a whole route and routine. And some of it is quite sad. And you get to a point in it and you think, "Mm, is this really comedy? I don't think this is very funny anymore. And then in they come with the punchline, everyone laughs. Now you laugh much harder because, that very clever comedian has taken you down this very sad, dark route. And you're ready. You're thinking, I'm sitting in a comedy gig here. I came here to laugh. And then suddenly out he or she comes with it and you laugh even harder. So, you know, if you're doing a public talking thing and you need to get people on your side, tell them something real about yourself and then give them a punchline. Make them laugh.
2: So what I'm hearing in some sense, if we we kind of, Broaden it out from the, there's humor, but sometimes that's not always needed. There are other things. This is something to do with authenticity, you know, of the person, of the brand, uh, from from a marketing and advertising standpoint, but that's kind of a, a big term. So I, I felt it might be useful to unpack that. Yeah. What, what does authenticity actually mean? It's an overused term. It's an overused term. Yeah, so, it's so very
0: overused. What does it mean? Let's break through know. that. Yeah, and
2: yeah. Um, what are we okay. actually talking about? Well, a
0: lot of the people I work within the world of comedy and indeed the world of business I would say I, I I gravitate personally towards authentic people and like to think I'm pretty authentic too but you know I, I think there is a a growing band of us who are much more honest you know say it like it is i've spent you know most of my professional life being told i'm aggressive because i tell people like it is and that you know that's is that being authentic i don't know we could have a long argument about that but i think the point about anything good and if you if you apply it to comedy comedy is based in truth i say to people that want to start stand up or writing or even come and do public speaking talk about yourself talk about what you know best you are your own
2: material this is your story so taking the authenticity point into the the context of brands and actually um, some research that we've done at oxford around branded content uh, and social media something we found was You know, to kind of work out what essentially what works and doesn't work for a brand's post on Facebook, for example, um, in terms of the characteristics of that content. One one of the key findings there was not feeling like advertising makes a big difference, a positive difference. Um, But digging deeper into that, it it seems to be something about being human, feeling authentic. Um, But interestingly, and I'm curious to hear what you think about this point, we didn't actually find an effect of humor. So... It wasn't that it was a negative effect, but it wasn't that it was a positive effect. Mm-hmm. And my theory was that it sort of washes out because humour can be polarising. Yeah. Polarizing. yeah. Um, does that seem to make well, sense? Well, Number one, I
0: agree with you on that. And number two, I think, you know, if the humour is like the overwhelming factor, then the brand's not doing its job. Any brand that's really good at what they're doing is appealing to their to their customers on a very fundamental level because Good branding is about knowing your customer, finding your customer on an emotional level. You know, you have values that you share. So if you're a bank, you you want to make sure that your customers, whether they're male or female, trust you, think you're reliable, ease of access. I mean, that's a really big thing now in the world of finance because it's all about um, mobile platforms, trusting that you've got access when you need it, but that it's secure. There's a lot around that. And I'm not sure that you can put those things over very well joking about it. I think that's something where you have to, there are certain bits of information where you have to really say it like it is. You can follow it up with a bit of a punchline, but you've got to get your message over. I think where humour doesn't work is when it masks the main message. So humour is the adjunct to it. So in terms of the research, that doesn't particularly surprise me. Mm-hmm. So the humour is sort of intrinsic to the brand's success. It isn't the main thing. The main thing should be the brand and its values.
1: So Lynn, is it do you think it's important that we see women being funny in adverts? Hell
0: yeah. Absolutely. I think we you know, culture is always a reflection of society. So as we see more women in politics, in the media in sport you know in every field possible you know it it would make sense that you'd see more women doing stand-up for example but I'm still absolutely horrified that you know a a recent study by Unilever uh, they did a campaign called see her they they found that when it came to depictions of women in advertising hold your hold your hats Only 3% of ads show women in leadership positions. 2% show women being intelligent. And an even more lowly 1% show women with a sense of humour. So on that basis, we're not allowed to be clever, we're not allowed to be leaders, and we're certainly not allowed to have a bit of a laugh. Missing a trick? Missing a trick. I think the brands that really want to embrace our diverse and changing world have really got to learn that 50-50 works, You know, men and women. The other thing is that men do like funny women. Men are very engaged with women and humour. There is one thing that's really important about the work that I've been doing for the last nearly 16 years, which is running our competition, the Funny Women Awards, exposes us to an amazing, enormous platform of talent. And these women enter for four different categories now. So there are performers, there are writers, there are producers of their own content, there are filmmakers. There is no excuse for anybody out there in the world of creative industries not to, come, not to find a woman that can be funny or write funny or come up with a funny idea for a campaign. You've been listening to Future Proof, the marketing podcast from Said Business School and Kantar. Find more episodes and related content at uk.kantar.com or
2: at sbs.org oxford.edu. Thank you.